We're all nerds in our own right. Some people are nerds about cars, food, stocks, movies, and so on. Alex Nix and Chris Wilson are just two average millennial guys who happen to be sports nerds and love discussing the world of sports. What is going on, everybody, and welcome to the Average Sports Nerds Podcast. Alex Nix here, joined by Chris Wilson, as always. Today, we're going to be going over our Week 12 picks and just talk about all the games that happened. Uh, yeah, what's going on, Chris? Yeah, what's going on? Uh, another great week of football, especially because my team got a much-needed win, but we'll get into that later. So, I'm, as you can tell, I'm very excited to be doing this show now. <laughs> Before we get into the picks, just want to say we hope everybody had a great uh, Thanksgiving weekend. I know with COVID, it was a lot harder to travel and see family and be with family, but, uh, you know, Thanksgiving is still Thanksgiving. I hope you could have had a a, uh, a virtual Thanksgiving dinner if you couldn't see him in, in person. So, yeah, let's just get right into Definitely. the picks. Definitely second that. So, speaking of Thanksgiving, uh, there were two games played on Thanksgiving. The third one got postponed. That is actually being played as we are recording this episode right now. Um, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, first game that was played on Thursday was Texans at Lions. And the Lions, just, they're bad. And the result of this game ended up getting exactly what I wanted to happen with the Lions. And they fired their GM and their head coach. After three miserable seasons, um, they, they got rid of them. And, you know, we'll see what happens for the future with them. But as of this year, it's looking like they're done. They ended up losing this game uh, by a large margin of, <clears throat> excuse me, 41 to 25. Deshaun Watson did whatever he wanted pretty much offensively. Four touchdowns, 300 yards, just a great game for him. Will Fuller had a great game. Um and the Lions, like I said, they're not just not a good team. I feel bad for Matthew Stafford, and I really do. Yeah, uh, you covered pretty much everything from this game. Matt Patricia finally is gone. A uh, buddy of mine at work is a Lions fan. He was he was glad to see Patricia go and the GM, whose name escapes me right now. So that's the major news from this game. Uh, the other piece of major news actually came a few days after this game was played. Will Fuller has been suspended by the NFL for six games for PEDs. Uh, so that is going to end his season, and he'll miss the first game of next year as well. So. Yeah. He, uh, he, he tweeted out exactly what had happened. Um, he went to a, a medical professional seeking for, I guess, some advice on some, some, on some supplements or something like that. Uh, and they said that the medicine or whatever they gave him was accepted by the NFL, but and ended up not being accepted. Uh, so with that said, he gets suspended. So, I mean, these things happened to happen to Lane Johnson twice for the Eagles. Um, and yeah, I mean, they just got to be more careful, I guess. And now we know how he was able to stay healthy all season. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, cause I was wondering all year, I'm like, all right, he is Will Fuller. Like, I don't wish injury on anybody, but based on his past track record, it was it was well past due for him to yeah. pull a hammy or, you know, some kind of soft tissue injury. And, you know, uh, it's, it's sad. I, I was enjoying him playing well. He's in a contract year. So we're going to have to see how that affects, you know, his money moving forward. 
Yeah, for sure. Moving on from this game to the game that made Chris as happy as I've ever seen him talking about the NFL. Uh, Washington went into Dallas, big divisional game. Whoever won this game would take temporary first place of the NFC East or the NFC least. Um, And Washington went in there and absolutely destroyed Dallas. 41 to 16. Now, it was a closer game in in the first half. Uh, 17-13 going into halftime. Washington was up. And then the fourth quarter, it was only, you know, a four-point game at the beginning of that. And then Washington scored three touchdowns. And Antonio Gibson had, you know, the game of his life. 20 carries, 115 yards, three touchdowns. The defense did their thing. The guy I talked about last week, Montez Sweat, uh, had a pick six. Uh, right? It was a pick six or was it a, was it a was Yeah, a pick six. Yeah. Uh, at the, it was at the end of the game. At that point, we were just piling it on, having a good time. Yeah. But, yeah, um, like you said, this game was a lot closer than the score really indicates. Uh, I really thought there was four plays in the game that, in my opinion, decided the whole game. I, I thought Dallas and Mike McCarthy and his coaching staff, I thought they just handed us this game on a silver platter. And oh, my gosh. We'll take it. <laughs> like, who, who decides to call a fake punt, which is a weird, weird design of a fake punt, on your own 25 when you're down by four, right? That's what, that's what the score was at the time? It was a yeah, close it was 20, 20 to 16 with about 13 minutes left. Like, I get you need a spark. I get you need to get your offense going to score, but you don't do that when it's, it's fourth and 10. Like, I, and, and I'm pretty sure on this plate, he had to run like 20 yards total or something like that. He had to run a long way to get to the yeah, first down. I was going to say he was about like 15 yards behind the line of scrimmage. When he when he got the ball like on the reverse action doesn't make any sense. And, yeah, and it was fourth and ten. It wasn't like it was like, right. you know fourth and two or something. Just made no but, sense. Um, yeah, but that being said, uh, he's not a quarterback, so I don't expect him to hit this. But he did actually have a receiver open. It was it would have been a pretty deep pass, and it would have been a tough throw to make. I don't mm. think he would have been able to make the throw anyways. But he did. Ha- I'm not going to say the play just completely was was terrible. I mean. The decision to to call that play was completely terrible, and then the execution was just equally as bad. Right. Um, so yeah, that was the one that I thought just completely handed us the game because right after that, I, I'm pretty sure on the very next play, Antonio Gibson busted off a touchdown run yep. and put us up 27 to 16, and then yep. you know from there we didn't look back. Yeah. But before that, I I thought. Um, in the first half, about five minutes left in the second quarter, uh, fourth and one on their own 34, 10-10 game. Uh, McCarthy decided to go for it. And instead of giving the ball to Zeke, who granted hasn't been looking good, hasn't had a good season, didn't have a good game this one, uh, he decided to let Andy Dalton try to throw a comeback route to C.D. Lamb. Uh, incomplete was the result. Now, there, there may have been pass interference, but I I tend to be on the side of letting the guys play and you know on especially on a fourth down play like that. So they didn't call it. Uh, that ended up leading to a, a Washington touchdown, put us up seventeen to ten at that point. Um, and it was just it was 
like I said, it was just a few big plays throughout the game. Uh, the first drive of the second half, Zeke fumbled the ball, which led to a Washington field goal. And so, yeah. And then the last one that it was a positive play that I thought really, really just solidified the fact that we were going to win the game was when Alex Smith, well, it started as a negative, I should say, because Alex Smith threw an interception to Jalen Smith, who he's running, looking like it's going to be a pick six. He's going to take it in. But Terry McLaurin, uh, as soon as the interception was thrown, didn't give up on the play, sprinted hard, chased Jalen Smith down at the four-yard line. Uh, Dallas ran some, t- some questionable play calls from that point uh, and only got a field goal out of it. And it's at that point in the game, it was 20 to 13. So that field goal made it 20 to 16, which in- instead of being a tie game, it-, it kept the lead for Washington. And I thought yeah. that play right there was – was when when he made that play and they got the field goal. That's in my mind when I said, "Oh yeah, we got this game now." That was just that, a yeah. huge spark. Yeah, you know what that kind of play is, Chris? What's that? It's a winning play. It's a winning yeah. play. It's a uh, exactly. for it's what winning teams do. And Ron Rivera is getting those guys to believe. He's getting them to believe that they can win this division. And that's exactly, you know, he's changing the, the culture. And that's exactly what we all thought would happen with the hire. Um, now, with that said, Mike McCarthy is turning out to be worse, worse than Jason Garrett for the Cowboys. And, I mean, there's really, I don't really think there's much debate there. His, his decision-making this year has been atrocious all season. It wasn't just this game. All season, it's been really bad. Now, granted, they don't have Dak, but even when they had Dak, some of his play calling and his decision making was horrible. So, yeah, they were two and four when they had Dak. Yeah, um, it's just you know. I, I, Do you think he should be fired after one season? I mean, that's tough because they didn't have Dak. But yeah, I do. When. You hire a defensive coordinator who's never had a defense that's better than 25th in the league, and your defensive personnel on, your, on the roster isn't very good to start with. I mean, you're not, they're not going to get schemed to be really, really good. You, I mean, they're gonna, they could get schemed to be decent. You know, a top 15 team, if the scheme fits and they, they work to their player strengths, but they're not doing that offensively or defensively. I don't know what happened to Zeke. That contract looks worse and worse every single day. Uh, or every single week, I should yeah, say. Yeah, he, he just doesn't look good. Uh, yeah, I don't know what's going on with him. Uh, uh, Pollard I mean, is looking better than him. I, I'm not going to say that yeah. he's a better running back, but... He's looking better hey, right now, yeah. When, when he comes in the game, he scares me a lot more than yeah. Ezekiel Elliott right now. Yeah. Um, and it just goes to the point of, don't pay your running backs ridiculous money. I don't care who it is. I don't. I'm sorry. Uh, maybe Christian McCaffrey. May- maybe Derrick Henry. That's it. Like yeah, I was going to say, even Christian McCaffrey right now, he's barely even he's played hurt. this year. Right. Derrick Henry has been the only guy who's, who's been durable, and he's still producing. Uh, right. And they didn't give him as much as they did Zeke and Christian McCaffrey. And, and Todd Gurley. Gurley. Yeah. Right. Todd Gurley and, and even Lev Bell. Uh, yep. So, 
Yeah, I mean, that's just like when the Eagles have to pay Miles Sanders, I hope they don't have to pay him that much. I mean, I hope they don't pay him that much. Uh, and for when, whenever, if Gibson continues to do what he's doing, I'm sure Washington won't pay him as much. Oh, I don't want to think about that. I know, that's in a <laughs> long still time. Got him for, yeah, we, yeah, he's still a rookie, the rookie deal, but yeah. yeah like Miles Sanders too, yeah. Yeah, it's a thing now in the NFL, I think. At this point, if a guy, if a running back wants a big contract, you kind of have to just take that and just move on. Nope. And no. Yeah, you can't. You can't really give them that deal because it's going to hamstring the rest of your team. Yeah, and it's it, it's tough because you want to give the guys money that they deserve, but at the same time, you don't want to handicap your team for the future, and that's exactly what Dallas has done. Exactly. Like it's it's not fair. Don't get me wrong. Like you you play well. And, but we we can't pay you. <laughs> yeah. It's not fair, and, and life isn't fair. You, or we can just, pay you. We just can't pay you what you want. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. And yep, that's just how it is. Yeah. That's the so, nature of the game, the position that they picked. Yeah, Devontae Freeman's another one. He got paid, and then he was decent, but he wasn't. He was just he was just a guy. You know, he was the starting running back in the NFL. He wasn't anything special. After getting the the biggest contract <laughs> in the league for running back, but. <laughs> Yes. Oh, I was I was about to ask is he still in the league, but I, he's on the Giants. He's on the Giants. He got only because Saquon got hurt, and he's been and uh, Freeman has been hurt. I was, I was gonna say yeah, now because they're on to to Gallman. Yeah. It's yeah. But running backs are short lived. Unless your name's AP or Frank Gore, these guys seem like they'll just run forever. Frank Gore, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but moving on from this. Uh, Going on to the games on Sunday. Um, oh, by the way, we both, Chris and I, we, we got to talk about the the spread. We both picked the favorite in the in each of those games. The Texans were favorites to win by three. We both picked them, um, and we both picked Washington. Or uh, wait, we both picked. Yeah, I was gonna say Dallas was actually Dallas favorite. was favorites, right? But we both but we picked both Washington, picked Washington, right? Yeah. So moving on, uh, Vegas at Atlanta, and this game was. Probably the biggest surprise of the week for me. Um, Definitely. The Raiders were looking good. They barely lost to Kansas City. They've, you know, they've looked solid all year. The Falcons have not. They've looked bad. We, we, you can't trust Atlanta to play well. And I guess you can't trust Vegas to play well. I don't understand. Uh, but the final score of this game was 43-6 to Atlanta. I mean, if you would have told me that before the game started, I, you know, I wouldn't even, I would just think you're just, you don't know what you're talking about, thinking you're living five years ago when Atlanta was really good uh, and scoring like this. But there was no Julio Jones. Uh, no, Calvin Ridley has been hurt all season, so he wasn't even that full strength. Um, I just, I, I don't understand. Uh, the Raiders didn't look good. Derek Carr looked pretty, pretty bad. They couldn't get the run game going. Um, they couldn't really get anything going offensively. I mean, they only scored six points. and it's They just, kept fumbling. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they, had four, four, they had four fumbles lost, one interception, so five turnovers. Uh, the time of possession, you know, Atlanta had 34, had it for 34 minutes, almost 35. And, yeah, it was just, it, it was just an ugly game. And we were both wrong. We both thought Las Vegas was going to win handedly, and they did not at all. 
Yeah, uh, what I took from this game is between the Raiders and the Falcons, I don't know what to expect from either of these teams moving forward. Uh, Sometimes the Falcons show up and have a good game. Other times they show up and look terrible. And same with the Raiders. Uh, To me, the biggest biggest thing in this game for the Raiders was the offensive line. Like you said, they couldn't get the run game going with Josh Jacobs at all. But Carr got sacked five times. Uh, three three of those times he fumb- he lost it for he, he lost a fumble. Uh, he threw another interception, like you said. Uh, they just couldn't protect Derek Hart at all, and it was sad to watch. Uh, I didn't specifically watch this game, but I had yeah. on Red Zone, and you know, they would they would show this game, and every time it seemed like Derek Carr was getting sacked, fumbling throwing interceptions, the Falcons just just ran a muck on them, really. Yeah. And, yeah. So, yeah, moving forward, if the Raiders are still in the playoff race at 6-5, and five, but if they don't clean up that offensive line, they're, they're in some real trouble here. Yeah. Um, really not much else to say other than they need to fix it and fix it fast. You know, the playoffs are approaching. There's only four games left. So – yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, moving on from this game, Cardinals went into New England to play the Patriots. The Cardinals were two-point favorites. Chris and I both picked the Cardinals to win that game. Uh, and another game where it, it seemed like there was a surefire winner, uh, a surefire better team. And the inconsistencies. always knows. Yeah, and the inconsistencies of each team were apparent. The Patriots have been bad but also they've been good at times and the cardinals have been good for the most part but then also bad at times and it showed here uh i mean the 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 cardinals are now six and five the patriots now five and six but if you had to but based on their records you would think that they're pretty close in in teams i don't i think i think the cardinals are much better team i just i don't understand why they have these inconsistencies like this um and they can't beat the patriots who got you know Handed pretty well by the Texans last week, and the Texans have been struggling all season. Uh, and the Cardinals, they just—I know they lost to Seattle a week ago, but they've looked pretty good all year as well. So I don't understand—I just don't understand e- either of these teams, honestly. And uh, yeah, I, we were wrong about this, and it was tough to see. You know, I mean, I, mean, I guess I was happy for Cam, but he didn't really do anything. He only had 84 yards passing, so I don't know how you can't. I don't know how you can't beat that if you're Arizona. Uh, just, yeah, I was going to say, that was my biggest takeaway from the game was Cam Newton was the winning quarterback in this one with 84 yards, no touchdowns, and two interceptions. <laughs> yeah, it's – That's that's crazy. I mean, Kyler Murray played pretty much just as bad. He was 23 for 34 for only 180 yards, no touchdowns, and an interception. Uh, he only had 31 rushing yards, which for him, you know, if he's only going to oh. throw for 180, yeah, usually we would expect to see more rushing yards there. But with that being said, with both quarterbacks not playing well, this was a close game. Uh, it actually came down to a game-winning field goal at the end. Uh, but with about four and a half minutes left in the game, it was tied 17-17. Cam throws an interception, gives Arizona the ball in New England territory at the 47. And then 
Zane Gonzalez uh, with a minute 47 left missed a 45 yarder for the Cardinals. So he missed his opportunity. Patriots got the ball, got into field goal range and Nick Folk made the game winner. His time expired. So and I know people say the NBA is a Mr. Make League, but hey, this one came down to, you know, the Cardinals missing a kick and the Patriots converting theirs. Bill Belichick is a good coach. He devised a scheme to keep the game close. Uh, Newton only throwing it 18 times. They they leaned a lot on the run game, even though it wasn't it wasn't working great. <laughs> 30 carries for the team for 110 yards total. Uh, so yeah, they just they slowed the game down. I did see a stat the Patriots have been playing at the slowest pace this season, which when you you don't have a good offense, it's it, that's probably the best thing they can do is at least take the other team's offense off the field as much as possible. So exactly, yep. just another example of Bill Belichick being a good coach. And at five and six, I'm not sure that they're all the way out of this playoff race. I know we kind of wrote them off when they lost to Houston a few weeks back, or I think that might've been last week, but yeah, yeah no, I don't think they're quite they're, out yet. They're not quite out because the Raiders are six and five. The Ravens are six and four. They're playing right now. If they lose, they'll be six and five. Um, so that last that last wild card spot, yeah, the Patriots are technically still in it. So we'll see what happens. But moving on from yeah, this definitely. game, uh, we got the Giants at Cincinnati, and this was Chris's, I guess, kind of bold pick of the league in terms of the spread, uh, picking the the Bengals to cover with Brandon Allen starting at quarterback. Uh, Good job, sir. Oh, hey, he almost did it for me. Yeah, he uh, was he almost, a, he almost pulled off the W. Oh, no. Cool. Uh, yeah, he did almost pull off the W. Um, it was a lot closer game than I definitely thought. The Giants won 19-17. I didn't think the Bengals would be able to score 17 points. But they did. I mean, that's the same amount of points the Eagles scored. That's just ah. Um, for me, it's just horrible. I mean, it just goes to show the the incompetence of the Eagles this year. But we'll talk about them in a little bit. Um, yeah, the the Giants barely won. They took control of the division. They are they are in sole possession of first place right now, even though they're tied. Well, because of the tiebreaker. Because yeah. the tiebreaker. Yeah. Uh, so hey. Evan Ingram had a huge game, six catches, 129 yards. And Wayne Gallman had 24 carries. Only had 94 yards, almost average four yards a carry. So, I mean, it's decent. But the biggest – I think the biggest takeaway from this game for me is Daniel Jones got hurt. He, he uh, strained his hamstring. Uh, he's probably not going to play next week. And the, it's looking like he may be able to play a week in week 14. But we'll see what happens. Um, but definitely, it's looking like he's definitely out for week 13, and that's going to be tough for the for the Giants. Yeah, definitely. I think that if Daniel Jones doesn't get hurt, they probably do cover this spread. He was looking good before he went out, uh, 16 for 27 for 213 yards. Uh, he didn't have any touchdowns, but he didn't have any picks either. He was He was just moving the ball down the field on them. Uh, the Bengals, without – Joe Burrow especially, just aren't a very good team. But once Colt McCoy came in the game, it, it gave the Bengals a shot. 
and it's not how I expected it to happen. But I am glad they covered the spread just for my pick's sake. But actually, the Bengals did get the ball back with about with about a minute left. They were down two, and then Brandon Allen fumbled on the first play of the drive, and that sealed the game for him. So if if Joe Burrow plays, I probably think that the Bengals would have pulled this one out. Absolutely. But, yeah, like you said, he didn't. So the Giants won. They're in first place for now. But with Colt McCoy set to start next week, I I just feel very good about my Washington football team chances of you should taking this division. You should. Uh, but I, I also wouldn't be surprised at all if, if y'all choke it. I'm sure you wouldn't be surprised either. Oh, it'll, just, it'll just be heartbreaking. Definitely not. <laughs> like we could, we could definitely just not win another game this season. That would not shock me yeah. at all. Yeah, it's looking like five wins will win this division right now. That's what it's looking like, and that's just ridiculous. <laughs> I'm hey, I'm loving it as as a guy who didn't expect us to get anywhere near. I know six or seven wins. Uh, if we could win the division, that this is about as good as the season could have gone for us. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. uh, moving, <laughs> moving on, uh, Cleveland at Jacksonville. Uh, the the Browns were six point favorites. Um, and you know, they kind of disappointed us, but I mean, they won the game. The Browns are now eight and three. They won the game, but they didn't win in the fashion that we thought they'd win. Um, Nick Chubb had another monster game. I mean, he's just, he's a monster. Mike Glennon, or as, uh, John Gruden would say, Mike Glennon, uh, had 235 <laughs> yards and two touchdowns, uh, for for Jacksonville, James Robinson, who's turning out to be a bona fide starting running back in this league, um, twenty two carries, one hundred twenty eight twenty eight yards, and a touchdown for him. Um, Jacksonville looked decent; they almost beat the Browns, but they didn't. They fall to one and ten. The Browns, like I said, go to eight and three, and they it looks like they secured their wild card spot. Um, most likely, I mean, they have to win probably one or two more games to secure it, but. It's looking like they're going to make the playoffs for sure. And Jarvis Landry had his best game of the season on my bench, by the way, in fantasy football. And that hurt. Um, but, yeah, good game for good game for the Browns. But, they, you know, I thought they would definitely be able to handle them a lot easier than they did. Yeah, and to that point, the Jaguars scored a touchdown with about two minutes left in the game when they were down eight. And they just didn't get the two-point conversion that would have tied the game. Uh, the Browns' record at eight and three says they're a good team, but the eye test these last few weeks doesn't really say that to me. At least my eye test. I know everybody watches the game through a different lens, it seems. But yeah, to only beat the Jaguars by two points, and you know, being a two-point conversion away from potentially going to overtime with a a one in ten football team who hasn't won a game since week one, I don't trust the Browns still uh, moving forward if they're in the playoffs and I'm I'm an AFC team that's in the playoffs that might be the team I'm looking forward to playing uh, I mean no of course you're not looking forward to playing any playoff team because the Browns do do things well they are a very good running team like you said with Nick Chubb and Hunt that two punch that one two punch I should say is is spectacular. They're running all over teams, over 200 rushing yards in this one again. 
So they can do some things. To me, they just don't look like a playoff team when I watch them. But then somehow they win the game. So I guess they are a playoff team. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Against the Eagles, they only won because their defense scored nine points. Um, At times, this offense looks really bad. So they need they need to get more consistent, but if they want to do anything in the playoffs, uh, as far as the spread goes for this game, the Browns were six point favorites and they did not cover. Uh, we both picked the Browns here. Like I said, we thought they would be able to handle Jacksonville pretty easily, but they didn't. Uh, so yeah, we were wrong about that pick. Vegas knows what they're doing, man. It's crazy. It really is. They <laughs> they know how to make these games uh, hard for us to pick, for sure. But yeah, what, whatever algorithms and stuff they use, I, I just I don't yeah. understand how they come to these spreads and how they're always yeah. usually usually so close. Right, like this next one we talk we're going to talk about the uh, the Panthers. I mean the Vikings were three and a half point favorites at home to the Panthers, and the Panthers almost did it. They almost won. I I, I want to say I guarantee that if they had McCaffrey, they would have won this game because he just he's that much of a difference maker. Um. But they, you know, the, the Vikings won 28 to 27. It was a really, really close game. Obviously, it took the Vikings 18 points in the fourth quarter to, to come back because they were down pretty big in the third quarter. Um, so kudos to them. The, the Panthers, they look, I mean, they, like I said, they look good. They look really good at times. Uh, but they're still learning how to win. And we both, we both picked the Panthers to cover at plus three and a half. They, you know, they managed to do that even though they lost. Uh, I guess credit give credit to the Vikings for winning without um, Adam Thielen because he was on the COVID list. Justin Jefferson is looking great, and I sigh there because obviously you know that the Eagles went didn't pick him when they should have. Uh, but anyway, uh, sorry. Um, Brings a smile to my face. Uh, yeah, um, Vikings five and six. Do they eh, playoffs? No, probably not. Right? I don't think so, just because of how good the NFC wildcard teams are right now. Um, all the divisions in the NFC outside of – well, I shouldn't say that. The NFC West and the NFC South in particular, they just have very good teams out there that I think would, would be in before the Vikings. Uh, I still yeah. think the Cardinals are better, the the Rams – the Buccaneers, and yep. those are three wild cards right there. Mm-hmm. So, just for that reason, if uh, I'm not saying they can't do it because they did start off like one and five, and they're five and one, I think, in their last or four and one in their last five or something like that. Yeah, um, they've been playing good football. So if they continue on that pace, hey, potentially they could sneak in there. Yeah, they've got Jacksonville, then Tampa Bay, Chicago, New Orleans, and Detroit as their last five games. So, uh, All right, well, three of three out of those should. De- I'm I'm not going to say they are wins because you know any given Sunday as we should be right. Seen, yeah, they yeah. should at least get those three, and then if they could, they could do something against. I think you said the Buccaneers, right? Mm-hmm. And do something against one of those teams that's also competing for that wild card. They they could still get in there. Yeah, I mean, it's just that that loss to Dallas last week and and to Atlanta earlier in the season, um, they're really showing on the schedule right now as I look at it. Um, yeah, I mean, if they have those wins, then it's a completely different season, and they're six and five, and they're right there in the mix. 
without you know yeah. having to hope for other people losing. So yeah, hey, before we move off this game, though, I did want to talk about two individual performances in particular that I thought needed to be highlighted. Uh, rookie Jeremy Chin for the Panthers, uh, he recovered two fumbles for and returned them for touchdowns on back-to-back plays in the third quarter. Uh, I had never seen that in my lifetime. I think they said the fr- it's the first time it happened since about the '90s. So just thought that was an interesting tidbit there. And then Chad Beebe for the Vikings. Uh, this is just a perfect story of never give up. And, you know, even when you mess up, there's there's always time. As long as there's still time on the clock, there's time to redeem yourself. Uh, so down 24-21 in the fourth quarter, a, he muffed a punt, which led to the led to the Panthers kicking a field goal, making it 27-21. Um, if the Panthers score the touchdown, I'm probably not talking about this at all, and the Panthers win the game. But on the very next possession, uh, Chad Beebe catches the game-winning touchdown with 46 seconds left. Uh, I, I was happy for him because, you know, you know how it is. They they show you on the sidelines after you make a big mistake like that, and, the, you know, the camera couldn't seem to get away from him, and he was just looking – down and out just yeah yeah, i was so i was glad to see him get that touchdown the game winner so shout out to chad bb for hanging in there and you know keep fighting all the way until the end yeah for sure Uh, moving on the uh another close game or what we thought was going to be a close game tennessee went into indianapolis to play the colts and derrick henry just absolutely ran amok um, and but I did want to bring something up, Chris. So the Colts lost three of their or two of their two or three of their best defensive players and their overall best defensive player, um, or if not if not their best, the second best, DeForest Buckner to the COVID list. Oh, um, I did not know that. So that's probably it's it's a lot it's a lot of the reason why Derrick Henry was able to do what he did is they didn't have DeForest Buckner and a couple of other guys. Um, so. Derrick Henry had 27 carries, 178 yards, and three touchdowns. And three, all three touchdowns came in the first quarter, I think, or the first half. Um, yeah, I just want to – I don't understand the NFL and their decision-making with postponing games or just making play, players go on COVID. Um, like I said, you know, I guess we'll talk about this now since I'm bringing up COVID stuff. The Broncos lost their entire quarterback room to COVID, and they had to play a game without their quarterback. Uh, and the Colts had to had to play without, you know, some of their best defensive players, and and arguably their most important game of the season. And then the Steelers and Ravens games gets postponed almost an entire week after it was originally played because of COVID. Where I don't understand the I don't understand the inconsistency in the NFL's decision making in choosing games to postpone or choosing games to that just you got to go with it and do what you can to win i don't understand the difference between the two i i can clear it up a little bit just based on what the nfl has been saying uh as long as there's no or i shouldn't say no because every time anytime you step out of your house right now there's risk involved don't get me wrong but as long as medical professionals deem the risk as very low of of a spread of the outbreak, you know, guys contaminating other guys. If they feel like they have it under control enough, then the game's going to be played no matter who 
is out there. It doesn't matter if you lose all your quarterbacks like the Broncos. Um, they deem that, you know, the rest of the players on playing in that Broncos Saints game weren't at risk. Uh, they eliminated all the people that were close contact and the rest of the team was testing negative. So they went ahead and played it. Uh, the reason the Ravens game was continuing to get postponed is because every day there was more uh, positive tests. They didn't feel comfortable that that there wouldn't be a spread from the Ravens organization to the Steelers. So then they postponed that game for that reason because because the Ravens couldn't get their facilities under control mainly. So it's it's apparently from what I've heard in these last couple of weeks, it's all the decision of medical professionals if they feel the risk is is low enough then the game's going to be played. If the risk is too high, then they'll postpone the game. But they don't want to – they're not – they don't want to move games to to next week. This is why the Ravens are playing right now on a Wednesday afternoon, which is crazy to me that – I've never seen anything like it in my life. Yeah. I mean, and that's just – Yeah. That's just... It's a money thing, too. They're, they're, they don't want to cancel these games for sure. Yeah. It's just, you know, I kind of feel bad for the Steelers because now they've, they've had to deal with – their games getting postponed or rescheduled due to COVID twice. And it wasn't completely out of their control. And it wasn't yeah. their fault. Yeah. And, and of course the, the second time it was on Thanksgiving. So, you know, they, they, they told their families, no, we, you know, Thanksgiving isn't going to be, you know, I'm going to be playing on Thanksgiving. I'm not going to be there, you know, and then a day before it's, it's canceled. And I just, you know, I feel for them. Um, and, and of course they had yeah. to take their bye week in like week, tw- like the week, two or three and and because of Tennessee's outbreak and they've had to play what they're going to end up playing 15 straight games or something like that's end of the season and yeah but I, I just feel bad for the Steelers and yeah but go back to this Colts Titans game um, I do think that if the Colts had DeForest Buckner and those other guys there it would have made a difference in terms of stopping the run game or slowing it down at least um because not having a guy like DeForest Buckner is, is huge. That's massive. Like he's one of the best defensive linemen in the league. Uh, For sure, yeah. That's the first line of defense right there. Yeah, so not having him was, was really bad. And um, even though we didn't know this going into the game, we both picked the Titans to cover at plus three and a half. And yeah, they sure did. They won 45 to 26. And the Colts, I mean, the Colts, they scored 26, but they weren't able to keep up with uh, with Derrick Henry and, and Ryan Tannehill going crazy. So, And, of course, A.J. Brown had another huge game, and he had a 60- or 70-yard touchdown off of his slant. He's just a, he's a beast. Um, but, yeah, the t- Titans are our first place now in the AFC South, and it looks like that division is theirs as long as they don't, you know, trip at, towards the end of the season. Yeah, uh, this – you know, this puts them one game ahead of the Colts right now. Uh, from start to finish in this game, the Titans just completely dominated. It was thirty-four or thirty-five to fourteen at half. Uh, never really a close game from start to finish. Like you said, Derrick Henry just ran all over these guys. And moving forward for the Titans, it's December. the The calendar has turned, and that means I expect Derrick Henry to do this. Maybe not to this level, uh, almost 200 yards, but we all know that Derrick Henry likes to get it going in December and this final stretch of the season. 
And I've heard, even heard a couple people making the case for Derrick Henry as the MVP this year. Yeah. So. It's hard. I mean, I'm not going to say it's, it's hard to put him in there because it's not. I mean, he's, he's, he's been more consistent than a lot of the other quarterbacks. You know, he, Russell Wilson has fallen off. Aaron Rodgers fell off a little bit. Josh Allen at the beginning of the season, after the first month, was in that discussion. He's not in that discussion anymore. Derrick Henry has has outperformed and outplayed all those quarterbacks I just named. The only one he hasn't is the guy I think he's going to win the MVP, and that's Patrick Mahomes. And he's he's on a tear, like we have, like we've only ever seen from Mahomes and Brady and Rodgers when they won MVP, um, and Pey- Peyton Manning too, of course. So, yeah, um, it's it, it's tough to not vote for him because he is literally the reason why they are winning the games you're, you're saying derrick henry is the yes yes why. okay yes. Yeah. he is literally the reason why because without that run game ryan Tannehill can't put up 40 some points by himself yeah exactly um i think personally if you go by the actual wording of the award most valuable player yeah, yeah. It, it is derrick henry 100 but personally i don't think he's gonna win it because Patrick Mahomes is just sensational. Uh, we'll get to that game a little bit later. But, yeah, it's just, it's just always been this way. I feel like for a running back to win the MVP award, he's going to have to – it's definitely going to have to be a 2,000-yard season, at least 2,000 2, all-purpose yards and close to, close to 20 touchdowns or something like that. It's going to have to be a just complete dominant season. Yeah, uh, the way like Ladanian Thompson was dominating mm-hmm. back on the Chargers, twenty-three so. touchdowns or whatever he scored that year. Yeah, yeah, he I think was, it was like thirty actually. Was, yeah, I was going to say I think I think it was probably like thirty. He mm-hmm. was amazing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, we can move on from this game. Titan, like I said, the Titans probably have that division. Um, but we'll see what yeah. happens. Yeah, I was going to say it was a statement game, but then you told me all those players were out, and I was like, uh, <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe maybe not as much of a statement, but yeah, they said something. <laughs> For sure. Uh, moving on from this game, the, the Chargers went into Buffalo to play the Bills, and um, the Bills, you know, did what they had to do. The Chargers put up a good fight for a little bit. Uh, they only lost by 10. Justin Herbert had 300 yards and a touchdown. He also had a, an interception. Uh, I mean, this is, I mean, this is the result, you know, I think we both expected, we both expected them, the Bills to win by a touchdown or 10 points. And that's exactly what they did. They're just a, they're really close to be, to being an elite team. They're a very, very good team. They're in that like second tier of teams. If they were, you know, if they were elite and then very good, they're right there in that very good spot. Um, and man, like I said, I, I don't think the Chargers are bad. I'm going to keep saying it. I think they're much better than the three and eight team right now. I mean, they have the same number of wins as the Eagles and they are a much better team than the Eagles are without question right now. Uh, so like I said, and, and you know, same with the Cowboys too. They're a much better team than the Cowboys uh, in my opinion. So anyway, the bills did what they had to do. They maintained first place in their division and it, you know, the dolphins are still right on their tail for the AFC East AFC East. Yeah, I was going to say, you pretty much summed everything up that I was going to say. Uh, just going over the game, 17-6 to six at halftime, and then the Bills came out and scored a touchdown in that first possession, second half, and put them up 24-6. to six. 
uh, from that point, obviously the Chargers were never really in the game, in my opinion. Uh, they did a little late window dressing, got it to 10. But, yeah, Bills, pretty solid team. Chargers, I wouldn't say they're like a terrible team, but they're not a good team yet. Uh, a lot of injuries on the defensive side of the ball, which hopefully for them next season, uh, Herbert can make that that next step, even though he's he's looking very good already. Uh, with Joe Burrow going down, I feel like pretty much just cleared the path for him to win Rookie of the Year. So, yeah, Herbert with this offense, hopefully they get some defensive guys back next year. I think next year we're looking at a scary team who I don't want to see on the schedule. With the Chargers? Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Like I they're they're going to be good. I'm excited for the Chargers. Uh, yeah. Like, as far as the Bills go, let me just yeah, go ahead. give a little spill on them, I guess, since I didn't really talk about them. They're the team we probably should be talking about at eight and three. Uh, I think Josh Allen, to me, when I watch him play, it just doesn't scream like great quarterback. I think he's a good quarterback. Don't get me wrong. And I think they can win with him. But as long as he's the quarterback, I'm not going to see them as a powerhouse team unless they have, obviously, like a dominant defense and a dominant run game or something like that. So I just think with – as long as he's at the helm, I'm always going to kind of question them. Yeah. It'll be tough, man, (laughs) Uh, to beat teams like Pittsburgh or Kansas City uh, regardless. Um, But like I said, the Dolphins are on their tail. Uh, and I'll just bring up the Dolphins game now. Um, but before I move on from that game, actually, the Bills were five-and-a-half-point favorites, and we both picked the Bills to cover, and they did that indeed. So the Dolphins were seven-point favorites going into New York or New Jersey to play the Jets. Uh, they were seven-point favorites there, and they did what exactly what I thought they'd do. They shut down that Jets offense. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick started the game, two, 257 and two touchdowns. Looks, you know, the offense just looks better when Tua or without Tua when when, when Fitzpatrick is in there. Um, and you know, you were right, Chris, in the, in in that regard, uh, with with having Fitzpatrick starting over Tua. And you know, well, the Dolphins don't think I'm right because apparently the reports are they're they're hopeful that Tua can play next week. Well, he shouldn't. Um, he really shouldn't. But anyway, just let him learn for a season. That's exactly what Mahomes did. That's, you know, Aaron Rodgers did it for two or three years. Just let, just let you know, he'll learn. Just let him watch Fitzpatrick run the offense and learn. I mean, it's not that hard. They're playing well. They're going to make the playoffs if they keep Fitzpatrick in there. I don't know if I can say the same thing if Tua starts. I don't. Because, like I said, like I've been saying, he hasn't been the reason when he when he did play, he wasn't the reason they were winning. Uh, I mean, yeah, deep. he hasn't really even had a good game yet. Yeah. So, I know we keep saying the same things every week with about certain teams, but I mean, it's just what it, it is. What it is. Uh, the 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 Dolphins' defense shut down the Jets three points. Like I said, twenty to three was the final score. The Jets are, you know, they're gonna fire Adam Gase at the end of the season. We all know it. They just need to do it. You know, just get like I don't understand why they don't do it now. They want that number one pick. I guess you're right. I guess you're right. I guess you're right. <laughs> no need to fire him yet. Yeah. The interim coach might actually win a couple games or something. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I, feel, I feel bad for Sam Darnold because he's not a bad quarterback. I don't think I don't think he's horrible. 
but he hasn't been given a proper chance, and he's probably going to get traded uh, somewhere. I don't know where, but somewhere. Maybe Denver, maybe, you know, I don't know where, but uh, maybe Chicago. Whoever needs a quarterback, he's probably going to get traded to. So, uh, I I still think he can play. Uh, I'm not going to say that. I think he's a good quarterback or anything like that. But like you said, he—I don't think he's been given a fair chance. Um, I've highlighted on previous episodes players that have played for Adam Gase, and as soon as they leave, they have breakout seasons and resurrect their career. Uh, Ryan Anderson. Tannehill right now in Tennessee. Yeah. Just, just yeah, Robbie Anderson, uh, Kenyon Drake. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mike Gesick, like Mike Gesick, he's even Devontae a Parker. Solid year. Yep. Uh, yeah. the, the list goes on and on. Kalen Balaj went to the Chargers and, and had a few games there where he was balling out. So, um, yeah, yeah, Adam Gase is just a terrible coach. Yeah. And, and the reason I say that he's going to get traded, obviously, is we think that uh, Trevor Lawrence is going to be the number one pick if the Jets get it. And that's why you know, we were saying Darnold's going to get traded. So, anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah, Trevor Lawrence will be the number one pick. Yeah. No matter if the Jets get it or if they actually win a game and the Jaguars right. get it, Trevor Lawrence will be number one. Right. So uh, going on over to Denver, uh, like I talked about COVID, uh, the, the the Saints were six and a half point favorites when we made this show or, we, or when we recorded last week's uh, pick show. And that was before the, the news that COVID had made all three of Denver's quarterbacks miss the game. Um. So they didn't have a quarterback going into the game, and it showed. <laughs> they didn't do anything offensively. The Saints did what they had to do. I think the the line when we recorded this episode was six and a half, but but on Friday or Saturday, I think the line was like thirteen or fourteen points. I I seen at one point I thought I think it had jumped to fifteen, maybe even fifteen. Yeah, uh, and if you bet on that, you would have won <laughs> because the Saints won thirty-one to three. And it was, I mean, there really isn't much to say here. The Saints did exactly what they have to do, and they're fantastic. They're the number one seed in the, in the NFC right now. They've won eight straight. Uh, Denver's going to get a pretty high draft pick. And I do feel bad for uh, Kendall Hilton or Kendall Hinton. That would, that's the, the guy who started at quarterback for uh, Denver. You know, a month ago, he was working in sales. He wasn't even in the in the league on a roster anywhere, and so my point is correct because my my boys I watched the games this week with some of my friends from high school and they were getting on me because I said this is what it looks like if I just stepped in and played quarterback. And they're like, <laughs> no, like it would be worse. Like and I'm like, I don't think it can get worse. <laughs> he, he was one for nine for thirteen yards and two it, interceptions. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not. I'm like I said. I don't want to. I don't want to make fun of this guy. No. Yeah. If any, if anybody that's not a quarterback just goes in and tries to play quarterback, this is what it's going to look like. Uh, this is the NFL. The Saints. I didn't know this, but in terms of yardage, have the number one defense in the league right now. Uh, so this was just not a good matchup for him to go in, if any, and. It just just goes to show how hard it is to play in the NFL. Yeah, it is. So, I mean, I guess, you know, feel bad for him. But Taysom Hill didn't really do anything either. You know, 78 yards, an interception for Denver. 
Uh, Latavius Murray had a great game. For some reason, he was the number one back over over Kamara this week. I wonder if that. I don't know if that happened. You know, after they went up a, a while or went up a lot, and they just you know stopped using Kamara. That's probably what happened. But I didn't see the game. I didn't really want to know what happened here because I knew it was going to be a blowout. Um, but yeah, it's these things happen, I guess, with COVID, and it's it's tough. Yeah, definitely, and that's just another thing about betting. If whenever you want to hop in there on a bet, it's you know things like this can happen. So you got to roll with the punches sometimes. Like, yeah, uh, Alex actually picked the Broncos to cover at six and a half, which you know I feel bad for him because there's no way any of us could have foreseen this happening. So that was before the. Before the news of the quarterbacks came out, I thought Drew Locke was actually going to have a decent game and, you know, wasn't even there. So it, it is what yeah. it is. No, that, that's gambling for you. Yep. But going on to Los Angeles, uh, the 49ers went into SoFi Stadium to play the Rams, and the Rams were seven-point favorites. The Rams have looked really good the past two weeks, and the Niners have looked mediocre with all their injuries, and that's the reason why the Rams were seven-point favorites. Uh, 40, uh, but uh, the 49ers won, so the Rams obviously didn't cover. The Rams, I just I don't understand, man. This team is so inconsistent, but they, they look so good at times, and then they just look bad. I don't know what it is. Jared Goff, I just looking into it in this past four games, Chris. Do you want to know how many turnovers he has? How many? 13. Oh, my goodness. That, six, that's awful. Six interceptions and seven fumbles. No, actually, I don't know if those are all fumbles lost, so it might be not as many f- or turnovers, but regardless, seven fumbles and, and six interceptions in his past four games. Um, and he's got to hold on to the ball. Yep, and it just goes to show that Sean McVay needs to throw the ball more. Uh, Cam Akers had nine carries for 84 yards. That's a really good stat line. And just, you know, use your best backs. Don't give Daryl Henderson the ball when he has 10 carries for 19 yards. It makes no sense. Um, you know, if it wasn't for a defensive touchdown in this game, the Rams probably would have they wouldn't have they wouldn't have lost by at least ten points. And I just you know I don't understand. Kyle Shanahan is now four and zero against Sean McVay since he took over last year. So that's interesting. Both uh, on the Washington coaching staff at one point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they know each other very well. Yeah, that is a good point. Debo Samuel is a monster. Uh. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if Jalen Ramsey was covering him or not. If he was, then that's surprising. But I feel like if he wasn't, he probably should have gone over and and shadowed him the entire game. I think it's more about how they get him the ball, though, because a lot of his catches were like those kind of like like jet sweep type of plays where he's he's coming in motion across the line scrimmage and then the quarterback gets it and kind of just taps it right into his hands and then right. let him run with it. Right. Could be one of those. Yeah. But um, like I said, the Rams lost their seven and four. Now, if they wanted to keep pace with Seattle, um, they needed to win. Because uh, we knew the Eagles weren't going to help them out with that. That's a hundred percent accurate. Uh, Had to get that in there. I, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> now they are a game behind Seattle for that NFC West, a game above Arizona as well for that um that top wild card spot. So or this or the 
second wild card spot because the Bucks have the top one, I think. But yeah, uh, the Rams, man, they just need to. I don't understand. They they just need to be more consistent with the ball, with, with offensively, because their defense is playing really well. Offensively, they're not good, or they're not consistent because they've been good. They're just not consistent. Yeah, um, I actually have a little story here that to me shows why Jared Goff just isn't the guy. Um, he, 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 you can win with him. Obviously, he made it to the Super Bowl that one season where the offense was looking great. Todd Gurley was just unstoppable. But in this game, with all that, the Rams didn't play good. 49ers were looking good. It was tied 20-20, to 20, and the Rams got the ball with three minutes and 11 seconds left. They proceeded to get one first down, and then they had to punt it back to the 49ers, who they gave the ball with two minutes and 10 seconds left. So they only took about a minute off the clock, had to punt. And then for, the 49ers, with, I can't remember. Who's the quarterback right now? I, I'm sorry. Nick, Nick Mullins. Mullins. Yeah. Yeah, Nick Mullins drove down the field, though against a better defense in the Rams defense and got them in a field goal range and they kicked a 42 yard game winner as time expired. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, golf had his opportunity to, to save this game even after he played terrible and he just didn't. And I think that just goes to show a little bit of who he is as a quarterback. Yeah, no, hundred percent. We don't, so, yeah, like, uh, I, like honestly, I said, I expect him to make the playoffs, but, they're not doing it. Yeah, I, honestly, while we're talking about golf, I don't know. You know, this is now four years removed after he was drafted number one overall and Carson Wentz number two overall. They both looked really good. They both looked really bad. I don't know which one of those quarterbacks is better right now. I was going to ask that when you said that. Uh, who who would you take right I now? Mean, I mean, I mean, I'll still take. If Carson had a better scheme around him, I'll talk about that. I'll talk about the the Eagles in a little bit. But if I think if Carson had a better scheme around him, he'd be much better, um, like he was in 2017. Because when, in 2017, he was an MVP candidate, and we've never been able to say that about golf. So with that, I'm going to say Carson is a little bit better. But they both can't. They both keep turning the ball over right now, and it's really bad. So it's just yeah i'd agree with that i, I was gonna say i'd probably take carson just because i think he's the more talented quarterback he's got but, more potential more upside yeah 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 but you know neither of them is showing anything really right now right but yeah we'll talk about carson and the eagles in a little bit uh let's talk about uh the i think the most anticipated matchup of the week in chiefs buccaneers mahomes brady um, national TV on CBS. It was a great, you know, well, we thought it was going to be a great game and it was a great game. If you were a chiefs fan and you were, it was also a great game. If you were a Tyreek Hill fantasy football owner, uh, 200 in the first quarter, 200 yards in the first quarter. He was unbelievable. Um, absolutely unbelievable. And you know, it, it's tough to maintain, you know, they went up 17, nothing, and then 20 to 7 at halftime, it's tough to maintain that throughout the whole game. I mean, Mahomes had 462 yards and three touchdowns. You know, we knew they weren't going to be able to run the ball. It's, it's exactly what you said. They would abandon the run pretty early and just trust Mahomes to make the right plays, and he did. Uh, you know, they, they, they barely ran the ball at all. Um, and Mahomes just 
Mahomes is unbelievable. Tyreek Hill is unbelievable. Travis Kelsey is unbelievable. Those three guys with with Clyde Edwards Hilaire and a decent offensive line with this coaching staff and this and this game planning they do, they're really unstoppable. Um, I don't know if there's a way to stop them with without other, you know, other than just have the other team hold the ball and run it and run the clock out. I don't know if there's another way to stop them. I don't. And you pretty much have to score every time you get the ball. Yeah, I don't know if there's a team in the league that can keep up with them. Maybe Pittsburgh, but they, they have their inconsistencies. Maybe New Orleans, but they've, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I just don't. And this this team is unbelievable right now. Unbelievable. Yeah, and the thing about this game that, that really sucks is we both picked the Chiefs to cover the spread at three and a half points. Yeah, yep. And it looked like they were easily going to do that. Yep. But the Bucks actually cut it to three points with four minutes left in the game. Mm-hmm. So it they actually did have a chance there. Uh, they never got the ball back after that. So, of course, I wouldn't have expected them to with Patrick Mahomes. He's he's just awesome with, like you said, with the weapons around him. Andy Reid, coaching staff. Eric Bieniemy. Yeah, it's I don't, I don't see. I just can't pick teams to beat the Chiefs. Like I know they lost to the Raiders, and the Raiders played them tough in the second game. It's a divisional matchup. It's yeah, different. I was going to say, I just think that that's a divisional matchup. They're familiar with them. Yeah. But outside of that, I, I don't see a team that I can definitively say would beat the Chiefs. Uh, it could definitely happen. Like you said, the Steelers are a good team. Even this Bucks team – if they don't start the game off so terribly, yeah, maybe maybe we're talking differently right now because it was twenty-seven to ten going into the fourth, and for them to cut it to three with four minutes, four minutes is a long time in in terms of you know NFL time, especially if you have a great run defense. And they yeah, do. so yeah, uh, I think that last drive, a lot of it was Patrick Mahomes making plays, yeah. extending the drive on third down, and using his I, legs. Yeah, exactly, because I do think if if they were forced to punt or if they had to turn the ball over or something, I'd, I think Tom Brady would have at least gone down the field and tied it up, if not won the game. So Yeah. Yeah, uh, the Bucks just got to be a little bit more consistent. I do still think that they can compete with anybody because uh, maybe outside of the Chiefs, they do have the best weapons out there. They have Mike Mike Evans. Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, even Gronk. Gronk and Cam Braid is a solid tight end. To be the number two tight end, he would he would be the best tight end on a lot of teams. Uh, Rojo, Ronald Jones, Leonard he Fournette, looked, he looked good. Yeah. yeah, I'm not I'm not a Leonard Fournette fan. I don't think he, I don't think he's very good. Well, but uh, he's I don't know what happened to him. He you know uh, yeah I don't know what happened to that guy. He was great and then yeah I I don't know I feel like he's just like a bruising type of back who's going to need to get 20-plus yeah, carries a game. but then And they don't use him like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like It's just – I don't think it's a good fit for them. I think yeah. Ronald Jones is a, a much better fit for this right. team. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But, yeah, I – yeah, with that being said, I I see a lot of people that are ready to write off the Buccaneers or oh, no. just say that they're not going to be able to do it in the playoffs against good teams. And I don't believe that. I still think this team is – 
they they have a shot. I didn't pick them to go to the Super Bowl, but they still definitely are Super Bowl contenders after this one. Yeah, I, I agree as well. I, I agree with that completely. Uh, moving on to the the Sunday night football matchup of the Bears going into Green Bay to play the Packers. And I really don't want to spend too much time on this game because it really not much, there isn't much, too much to talk about. Um, Aaron Rodgers did his thing. The, the Packers did their thing. De, uh, De, what uh, Devontae Adams did his thing. So Aaron Jones did his thing. Is you know exactly what we thought would happen. Um, and you know, the Bears are not a great football team. Mitch Trubisky started. He did throw three touchdowns, but I think I believe two of them were, were garbage time. So it didn't really matter as much. Yeah, two of them were in the fourth quarter when they were down forty-one to ten. Yeah, so Packers yeah. are a fantastic football team. The Bears are not. <laughs> it's pretty much that simple. Yeah, so. uh, from this game, I just want to highlight a couple individual performances here. Uh, Darnell Savage just wanted to give him a shout out. Uh, he's safety for the Packers, originally from the University of. Maryland. I was going to say, didn't he go to Maryland? Yeah, yep, that's the only reason I'm shouting him out here. Well, that and he, he had two interceptions in this game, so kudos to him. Mm-hmm. Home t- hometown guy, so I got I'm rooting for him. And then I just wanted to mention that Allen Robinson did have eight catches, 74 yards, two touchdowns. Don't like, mind like, me. I know you said most of them are garbage time points, but I just want to make the point that Allen Robinson is a very good receiver, and his career has been sabotaged by having to play with Blake Bortles, Mitch Trubisky, and Nick Foles as his quarterbacks. He's he's never gotten a good quarterback, and yep. I think if he had a good quarterback, we'd be talking about him as one of the best receivers in the league. Yeah, I think he's I think he's a top 10 receiver, no doubt. And people don't think that he is because he just doesn't get talked about. Yeah, it, it's hard when half your targets are five feet over your head. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, it is tough. I, I I do feel bad for them for sure, and of course my uh, in the fantasy league that we are in, I needed him to not score those two touchdowns. Like I just needed him to get two fewer points, and I would have won and probably still in the in the hunt for the playoffs. I had the most points in the league. Nobody else was even close, and then Allen Robinson gets twenty three points and takes the lead. <sighs> At the last That's minute, tough. and Zeke Elliott, I'm going to blame Zeke for that. For his fumble. For his two points. I thought I was, yeah. I thought I was good. You know, I thought I, I, I see 130 some points. I see he's projected to get 110. I'm good. I should be good. Well, no. God, you know. That's crazy because I saw that you lost by like one point, but I didn't realize it was because of Allen Robinson yes. in, in, the, in garbage time. Yes, so that's what makes it even worse. Uh. Like I said with the Broncos game, that's gambling for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it just it, it sucks so bad sometimes. You Especially, do everything right and you still right. lose. It's Especially just, because it, the way that the season for me in that league started, like you know, I was one and six. I I was now I was now five and six before that game. I was on my way to the playoffs. My team starting to perform like they should have been all season, and then. Bam! Allen Robinson hits me, and I'm probably not going to make the playoffs now. So it's just, ugh, it's it's heartbreaking, but it is what it is. Yeah, so. I feel for you, man. <laughs> so moving on from this game, talk about my beloved Eagles, my fantastic 
fantastic run organization right now. Uh, you know, there were jokes back in 2017 before the Super Bowl run or, or you know, when we made the playoffs that if they just get, if the football gods just gave us the Super Bowl, we'd sell our souls. Well, it seems like that's exactly Sold. that's exactly <laughs> what has happened. It's exactly what's happened. Um, Doug Peterson has become an incompetent head coach. He doesn't know what, what he's doing in terms of game planning. When for the past three years, I thought his his play calling was smart. It was aggressive. It's what won in the Super Bowl with the Philly special. Um, and going forward on fourth down multiple times when other coaches wouldn't. It's what won the Super Bowl. It really, it really helped him win this, what helped the Eagles win the Super Bowl. Uh, Howie Roseman has done a horrible job drafting. Okay. I'm going to keep saying it. I'm going to say it over and over again. You mean like uh, JJ Arcego Whiteside? Like, like the guy, JJ Arcego Whiteside, uh, over DK Metcalf, who, by the way, had his best game in terms of yardage in his career on Monday night. Uh, I well, just, JJ didn't even play, did he? <laughs> no, he was he was COVID. He was on the COVID list. He, he, oh, okay, okay. he didn't test positive, but uh, he was on the COVID list. Um, they just activated him from that today. I don't know why they just released him. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh man! No, there there's so much dysfunction around this organization right now, and there's so much chatter with the beat reporters about. Jalen Hurts and Carson Wentz, if Jalen Hurts would do any better, like why isn't he giving giving a shot and Doug Peterson giving up play calling? And then there's reports about Jeffrey Lurie um, being upset with Doug and Howie Roseman. Jeffrey Lurie didn't even travel to play to, to watch the Cleveland game. He normally goes to every game and watches all the games. He didn't even go to the one in Cleveland because of how disgusted he has been with this offense and with the way they've played. Um, which, you know, as fans, of course, we're all equally as disgusted. And, of course, I think Howie, I think the, I think Howie Roseman should be the first one to get fired and then Doug Peterson right after. I don't want either of them back next year. Uh, oh, wow. I know. It's, 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 a, it's a crazy it's, – it's a lot for me to say, considering we just won a Super Bowl with those two two or three years ago. Um, but there's the – when you, I, when I you think first, you got to see it through. No, no, personally. No, 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 no. Listen, listen, listen. listen. I, I'll let you go. And then I'll give my my reasoning. When you're sticking with washed up veterans for no reason other than that they helped win a Super Bowl three years ago, their bodies have aged. You've gotten new talent in. Get stop using them. Jason Peters should have should he should have gone back to right guard. Immediately when we when they found out that Jordan Mailata was left tackle, guess what happened on on Monday night when Jordan Mailata finished, started and finished the game. Want to know what happened? He was the second highest graded left tackle in the entire league, and he had been on the bench. That just makes no sense. Okay, makes no. <laughs> that didn't sense. help the offensive line very much, though. No, no, but that's the rest. <laughs> of, that, that's the rest of the offensive line. That's not hit. That's anyway. Um, Travis Fulgham, since, since Alshon Jeffrey has come back, he has disappeared because they're trying to get Alshon Jeffrey back in the game, in the, in the game plan. For what? He's not what he used to be. Stop. The fact that Doug Peterson only runs the ball with Miles Sanders six times, six, and it's a one-possession game for the majority of the game. I don't understand it. Now, granted, the offensive line couldn't get – is probably a part of the – 
part of the reason for that. They they couldn't do anything. However, give Miles Sanders the ball more. I, I don't care. What you just give him the ball. The the defense didn't play a bad game. I am happy with the way the defense has played all season. I am. There are some times when they, they've given up big plays, but that's what happens. It's just it's what happens in a Jim Schwartz defense. They're gonna give up big plays. But overall, this it's a it's a solid defense. Doug Peterson needs to stop calling plays and he needs to come up with better ways to get Carson going. And rolling him out of the pocket is where he is hit the best. He doesn't do it. He rolled him out of the pocket once. And guess what? It was one for one for 17 yards. Do it more often. I don't understand. I just, the incompetence with this organization right now and the draft picks, like I bro, there were, they have drafted a lot of offensive of players since 2013. A lot. Do you want to guess how many pro bowlers have come from, since 2013? The 2013 was when they got Zach Ertz and Lane Johnson. So after that year, do you want to guess how many Pro Bowlers they got on offense? Well, they, I would say they have a few, uh, right? With Carson Wentz. Who else? Uh, That's it. He's the only one. He is the literally the only one. They drafted numerous receivers. Numerous. I mean, Dallas Goddard is probably a Pro Bowl caliber tight end, but Doug Peterson doesn't use him like yeah, that. Goddard's a good tight end. Yeah, he's really good. Uh. I think Miles Sanders is a good running back. I don't think their drafts have been like. Listen, other than those awful. two guys, they're what? Other than those two guys, they haven't done anything. Their draft picks this season haven't done a thing. Jalen Rager was supposed to get a, was supposed to be a guy who who got separation and was a big play guy. He doesn't get separation. He's supposed to be really fast. He is really fast. They don't use it. Yeah, Doug I, Peterson. I'll say one thing about that: these TCU receivers, man. Because my team drafted one a few years before that in Josh Doxson in the first round, and he was awful. So maybe Mount- we need to stop going to Listen, TCU. It's just it, it, it's 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 mind-boggling to me that the past two seasons, past two, there have been great receiver draft classes, right? The, the Eagles drafted like four or five receivers in the past two seasons. None of them are good. Jalen Rager. I'm not going to say he's bad because the, the scheme has not worked in his favor. But he's not what the other three first-rounders are. He's not even what Chase Claypool is, and Chase Claypool was a third-round pick. I just – I don't want – if, if, all right, if Doug's going to stay, I want Howie Roseman gone. Howie Roseman needs to go because he's been trying to build this team the same way he built the team when they won the Super Bowl, and that's through free agency with old guys, and it doesn't work. It worked one year. That was a fluke. I'm happy it worked. No, no doubt about it. I'm happy it worked, obviously. But you need to stop doing it, and you need to draft better, and you can't do that if Howie Roseman is at the helm. And Carson Wentz, he doesn't clearly doesn't trust his receivers. He's making horrible reads. He's not seeing guys open when he needs to. His regression is on him, first and foremost, obviously. And then it's on the coaches, too. Look, I know people are saying, and I'm going to acknowledge Carson has been a, t- a bottom five quarterback this season. This season, I'm acknowledging that. He's been atrocious. But he's not a bottom five quarterback in the NFL, and people need to stop. I, I'm, it's just, I'm tired of it. 
and they're not going to go to Jalen Hurts anytime soon. Because if it, I think I think it would have happened by now. I mean, maybe not because Doug Peterson seems to be incompetent all of a sudden. So who knows? But anyway, um, I don't expect the Eagles to win more than one more game this year if if, if this continues. And yeah, their 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 season's over for me. I'm I'm done. I'm done. Just, yeah. All right. Now to my points about why Doug Peterson needs to stay for sure. Well, one, like you said, they won a Super Bowl. Um, guys work their whole lives in this league and never come close to doing that. So I think he proved that he can coach well. Now, I don't think he's coaching very well this season. No. But there are excuses in place for why it's not happening. The injuries on the offensive line, first and foremost, I think, are what has killed this team from week one when the Eagles lost to the Washington football team. The main reason then was the offensive line. Uh, I'm not going to say that's the reason for all the problems. Like you said, Carson Wentz is not playing well. I think some of that can be contributed to the offensive line, but, uh, of course, some of that is on him. When, When you're not playing well, it, it just seems to snowball sometimes, and no, sometimes the best thing for that is just an offseason. There, there's an avalanche going on to Carson Wentz right now. Oh, for sure. I, I'm not defending that anybody right now on the Eagles is doing a good job. Don't get me wrong here. But like I said, with the offensive line injuries, I think that's, that's a main thing here. There's been all types of injuries to the receiving core. Uh, I'm not ready – I know what I said about the TCU receivers, and that's just more about Josh Doxson. I'm not ready to write off Jalen Rager yet. Yeah, I'm not he's, either. He's, he's had an injury-plagued year. He's he's still a rookie trying to get his footing in the first place while also trying to recover from injuries, and that's hard to do. So I I, I don't think – I don't think – I'm not going to say yet that that was a bad pick. Uh, he could still turn it around. He still has speed. He could He could be good. Uh, Dallas Goddard, like you said, I thought that was a good pick. Uh, especially seeing what's happening to Zach Ertz when he was on the field, I didn't, I didn't think he looked very good. So having yeah. Goddard there is definitely going to be a weapon moving forward. I think he's the best tight end you guys have at this point in time. So I felt like that was a good pick for for Roseman. Um, the defense is not bad, like you said, they held the Seahawks this week to twenty three points. Yep. Uh. I mean, DK Metcalf, he he had a little bit of a revenge game on you guys for not drafting him. But, oh, uh, he's had three of those now. All in Philly, by the way. All of them. Yeah. yeah it seems like he loves playing up there. Yeah. And, hey, like, he's a, he's, we've talked about him as potentially one of the best receivers in the league. So Yeah. Jim Schwartz. That's not he, you know, You know what's what's crazy about this is Jim Schwartz went to compliment him before the game he said that i saw that he said that he he's the closest thing to megatron that he's seen since he's been in detroit but he's not there yet and then dk went and used that as fuel that's what great players do that's what michael that's what michael jordan did it's like oh i'm not there yet huh okay that and that's exactly you know that's exactly what he did he went off yeah i I love dk and i don't i don't blame jim schwartz at all for doing that he wants to compliment him and, and show him his respect he's just he was being real with him. 
and I, I'm not, I'm no people. People in Philly were actually mad at him for saying that. It's like, stop. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he said what he he said what he felt. I I didn't think it was disrespectful by any means. Uh, you can use his motivation. You can take the compliment. I thought it could go either way on that. You know, he just said what he felt. I I agree with him. Uh, he probably is the closest thing to Megatron, but. He's not there yet. Hopefully he continues. Hopefully maybe he hears what I have to say and use his motivation. But that to me, that's that's just what it is. That's the truth. Yeah, it's a fact. Yeah. So so yeah. But but getting back to the Eagles, uh, just talk about some of these picks here. Um, the Art Lego White Side pick definitely just that that was just a miss. But the draft, we we gotta acknowledge that the draft is a lot of time just a crapshoot. And even guys like Bill Belichick, who we praise as talent evaluator getting the right guys in for his system okay uh, the last few years bill belichick hasn't really drafted that well either no you're right so all right real quick you say it's it's a crapshoot right so with the crapshoot you're expected to get you're expected to hit some right yeah sometimes well, so and they had 10 draft picks this season all 10 of those draft picks have a combined one touchdown slash sack slash interception and that's jalen rager <laughs> one no no nothing else all right, that's pretty bad. But you also got to think who these picks were because the second round pick was Jalen Hurts, who this can that's go two, my ways, whole one point. Of two ways. <laughs> that's my whole point. Hear, hear me out here. Hear me out here. He's been watching, he watched Carson Wentz last season, right? A lot of people praised Carson Wentz down the stretch. I was not one of them. I said that he was still playing pretty average. He just got to play all the teams in the NFC East. Those were those four straight wins, uh, and uh, that's absolutely. how we got into the playoffs. Yep. So as a GM, drafting Jalen Hurts is maybe thinking, we don't – Carson Wentz is still our guy, and we're hoping that he's the franchise quarterback, but I'm not 100% sold on that. Okay. And so, I like this Hurts guy. So I, I get it. I, I, I kind of get that. But why would you do that the year after you give him $110 million and say that he's the guy consistently? You know what he, And you know what Carson just had to do? He had to go prove himself to the whole team in the whole city that he's the guy after, that his, after his backup won the Super Bowl, won the Super Bowl MVP, and then the year after took him to the playoffs again. All right? He had to prove himself last season, and I think he did exactly that. So then when they go and draft Jalen Hurts in the second round, by the way, when they could have gotten another weapon for him, or another offensive lineman, or somebody on the defense to help the defense, they, they go to quarterback. I, look, I, I get it. I get your point that if they, if, they, if they don't think that he's the guy, they should get who they think could be the guy. I get it. But do it later, okay? Don't do it. This, you, it it's in his head now. It's obvious it's in his head now. You, you messed up the quarterback. You did it, and that's how it See, was. See, I don't, I, I don't think that because – People were saying that about the Packers. Why are you drafting quarterback in the first round? And I wasn't okay. on board with that either. Don't Carson Wentz isn't Aaron Rodgers. But I, that's what I'm saying. That's completely Aaron Rodgers came out. Aaron Rodgers has he's proved it. Well, Aaron Rodgers has proved it before. Aaron Rodgers Aaron Rodgers is also, well love. Aaron Rodgers is also 37 years old now. Carson Wentz is still in the prime of his career in terms of his age. So that there, I mean, I there's really no comparison there and, for me. And he's he hasn't finished a season in. A long time. He finished it last year, bro. He finished 16 games last year and in his first season. Don't get me started. Don't get me started. Don't get me started. He did not finish the season. (laughs) He played 16 games. That's finishing a season, is it not? I don't care. 
I don't. No, no it's I, I, not. I, yes, it the is. The last game they played. No, no. If you're not available to finish the game, you did not finish the season. <laughs> That's literally he didn't finish the season healthy. Like it, it could be out of his control, which which it was. Injuries are, but no, not hey, one, not one, not one. I'm, just, I'm just trying to to. Take the mindset of the GM here drafting a quarterback in the second round. Well, the mindset of the GM. I don't think it was that, that bad, okay, personally. That, that mindset is also picking J.J. Ortega-Whiteside over D.K. Metcalf, all right, and Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson. So I, I don't want to hey. hear about the mindset of the GM. Like I said, Jerry's still out on Rager. We can't, we, we can't jump all over the man yet. Just, just he, also, he also Roseman was the guy that – wasn't he the guy that traded up to get Carson Wentz? Yeah, I, I love it. I loved it, yes. We thought he was that's, a fantastic That's all trade. I'm saying. Is Look, he he, gave he's up, made some moves that have led to the Super Bowl. He, he also gave up a second-round pick for Golden Tate for half a season. And, did, and that helped you guys. I mean, it, yeah, kind of. I mean, it, they won a game in the playoffs, sure. sure. Should have won another one if uh, – Jeffrey didn't – don't – oh, yeah, probably go to – yeah. I, that, I agree. That's just my point about – I think the GM and the coach – It's trust me, it, it's been a terrible season. They, and one of this them is the NFL. It, it it usually happens to everybody. I think, I think it's, to release either of them would be a mistake right now. Other than twenty seventeen, I think they need another one, another other, year. Other than twenty seventeen, other than twenty, I'm going to keep saying it. Other than twenty seventeen, this is a mediocre franchise. That's it. I don't think so. The next nine year and, they were in the playoffs. They were nine and seven, and, and then nine and seven play, after that. A play away from being in the NFC Championship again. The nine next and season. seven, two years in a row, and now this. Look, and the offense last year it was bad. It was bad. We can all agree there. It was bad. It's even worse this year, and that's on coaching. That's on not getting Carson the the right help, not drafting enough guys to help, and not bringing in the proper free agents and paying guys money that you shouldn't have paid like Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson and Jason Peters. I just, look. Look, if, look. I, I was just going to say, I said all of these things just to bring it back to this point. To me, the main problem this season is Carson Wentz. It's not Carson it, Wentz. It is. It's not. It, 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 it just, literally isn't. When, is, when I watch the game, he's holding the ball too long, knowing he does, that he doesn't have a good offensive his, line. His receivers aren't getting open because they suck. And they don't, ha- and their offensive line sucks. The play calling sucks. Everything sucks. It's the whole team. It's not Carson. I well, guess it's time to it's, it's time the to whole escape team. the pocket, run, slide, get a couple He's yards. He's trying to uh, escape. He tries to escape all I, the time. I just, I, I, I just I, think he's look, playing as he is, bad as he is as he, anyone right now in the league. I acknowledge that. Yes, he is a bottom five quarterback, but he is not the main reason why they are losing. All right, I'm. I don't want to talk about this too too much more. We've talked about it a lot. I'm just saying, with all the problems on this team, I even think like a veteran quarterback, like I don't know, Alex Smith of the Washington Football Team. If he was playing, I would love he would see, steady this ship. I would love to see another quarterback try and play. That's all I'm and saying. Play, and is, play and play with these receivers in this game plan in this scheme with that offensive line. I'd love to see another quarterback try. I'd love to. They'd be just as bad. Maybe he, not just as bad he, because his decision-making has not been good. He's too loose with the football right now, too. Yeah, no, he is. I agree. But it, like, it's, it's bad. And I've been it's saying bad. that for a couple years. Just because yeah, that year when he was on the MVP track, he was making some play. 
And I said this with Lamar Jackson too. He was making some plays that you shouldn't make, even though they're great plays. You're, you're getting tackled. You're still trying to throw the ball, things like that. You're, you're still trying to throw it with yes guys no. all yes near no. you. And yep. it's coming back to haunt Lamar Jackson this year. Yes and it's no. come back to haunt Carson Wentz too. At some point, you just have to realize hey. that, that you got to take the L and, and not turn it into – a, a colossal failure you can you can take a sack or you could throw the ball away and it's not the end of the world yeah no I mean you're not wrong in that sense that's my main critique of the I think with I think if Carson Wentz was playing decently you guys would be right about right around 500 right now with all the problems you guys have maybe maybe it's hard to say that and then you guys would be one division and I know it's not like yeah, we're winning the NFC East, but like, hey, it's better. It's better than not winning the NFC East. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, one th- one last thing I wanted to bring up, uh, talking about Carson Wentz, is Jeremy Fowler. He's a reporter on ESPN or f- works for ESPN. He asked. Yeah, he's a good one. He asked multiple NFL executives around the league as to why they think Carson Wentz and the Eagles are struggling. And I'm gonna I'm gonna read you a little excerpt from this article. Okay, He says, multiple execs believe that Wentz, if available, would garner more interest on the market than any other available quarterback except maybe Dak Prescott. One NFC exec said that putting Wentz in a system that uses his mobility as a weapon would be critical. Get him on the move and simply simplify things for him with a lot of play action and he can thrive, one said. And then another team said that he would be an MVP candidate on the Colts with Frank Reich. <laughs> I mean, Hello. it makes sense. He was MVP candidate with him before. Yeah. So anyway, it's I truly I believe it's the it's the it's the coach, and not just from that article, just from just watching the game plan, watching the listening to everything I've 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 listened to, reading everything I've read, watching the film, watching the receivers and the schemes. It's just it's it's it starts with the coaching right now for me, and the and the play calls. That's it. Hey. So. I. We can we'll agree. See, disagree. We'll see moving forward, but we'll see what happens next season if Doug Peterson is still there, or if they make if they get a different play caller or something. But Jeffrey Lurie, I saw another report today. Uh, Jeffrey Lurie did say that, reportedly said that uh, Doug Peterson's job is definitely not safe for next season. So there's that. Well, yeah, if he gets fired, uh, I think he would be a great pickup for a lot of teams. Hey. You know who, if if he does uh, get fired, you know who I would beg the Eagles to get as as the new head coach, play caller guy. Uh, don't Another, tell me you're gonna say Harbaugh. No, no, no. Another former Andy Reid, soon to be former Andy Reid uh, protege. All right, who is it? I'm Eric Bieniemy. I want him. If oh, Doug well, Peterson, well, he's obviously not gonna get fired. But oh, you mean if Doug Peterson gets fired? If Doug Peterson gets fired, yes. Yeah, no, no, not at all. But, I, uh, he, I think he deserves a job, but uh, yeah. I don't know. I feel like with the coordinators, it, it, it always can, it's like a 50 50 thing to me. Yeah. But all right, moving on. That was enough Eagles talk. Um, that was a little good little discussion there. But we'll talk about our bold predictions for last week. Mine was Daniel Jones would get 300 yards and three touchdowns. Well, he didn't. He got hurt. He wasn't on pace to get that anyway. So. Uh, that's what happened, and and Chris. He was on pace for the yardage for sure. That's, yeah, that is true. 
uh, Chris also had a Daniel Jones uh, <laughs> bold prediction in getting multiple turnovers in a loss to the Bengals, which could have happened if he stayed in. So, you know, just injuries mess things up. Uh, for the week, our totals were uh, – I went 8-7 and seven with our picks. Um, Chris went 10-5. and five. So that takes Chris a game above me on the year. I'm sitting at 78, 76, and two. Let's he's at, go. He's at 79, 75, and two. Uh, this game that's being played right now, Ravens-Steelers, we both picked the Steelers to cover at minus four. Uh, it's the third quarter with nine minutes left. The Steelers are up 12-7. It's an ugly, it looks like an ugly game based on the score. Um, and no Lamar Jackson, no Mark Ingram, no J.K. Dobbins for the Ravens. You know, I thought it would be a much bigger blowout for the Steelers, but that Ravens defense is still pretty good. So, um, yeah, we'll see what yeah. happens there. And for that game, I do want to say that's the other side of gambling is we kind of got lucky picking this one. We picked the Steelers at minus four. Um, that was about a week ago now. And I checked right before we started recording today. The Steelers were 10 and a half point favorites at kickoff over the Ravens. So we got lucky. We got in there at minus four and – I'll take that because yeah, I think I think they should be able to cover that. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so that that wraps up the the recap recap for this week. Is there anything you want to talk about, Chris, before we get out of here? No, I think we covered pretty much everything. Um, oh, college basketball started up. I've been making some picks on that on our Instagram page at Average Sports Nerds. So. You're a college basketball fan. Go ahead and give us a follow, and uh, even send me a message. You know, if if you think I'm picking some crazy picks, uh, I know I keep picking Towson, zero and three picking them, but that's that's my school. So, uh, yeah, let me know. Let me know if you disagree or if you agree with the picks. If you're betting with me, uh, yeah, I'm definitely interested in hearing about it. So, so yeah, follow us average at AVG Sports Nerds. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so with all that said, we thank you for listening if you got to this point. Um, I'm, I kind of want to apologize for the, the, the Eagles talk. We, we talk about them a lot, but, I, you know, I, nope, I'm not going to do that because I need, to, I need to get some things out. It's interesting <laughs> to talk about. It's more interesting to talk about than my team. So, Well, yeah, I mean, yes and no. I mean, your team is actually good or somewhat decent now. I mean, and probably going to win the division. So, Ugh. But there's no drama. That's that's true. I mean, a little bit. But anyway, uh, yeah, like I said, thank you for listening if you got to this point, and have a good one, everybody. And keep nerding it up.